Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. If the audience hasn't listened to it, we were talking last week, Randy, about the hybrid workplace. Uh, we talked a lot. There was an article from DDI that we mentioned on the challenges with a hybrid workplace. And we kind of gave an overview and summary last week of here's here's what I see as the challenges. But then we talked kind of like we did on the, the former series. Um, we want to take a deeper dive into each of these topics that they can be listened to independently and they're just fine, but it's really relative to the overall hybrid work environment. What cities are, you know, during COVID were, we all went straight, uh, straight home, work from home um, while COVID was at its peak for those that could. And then everybody's been returning back to the workplace. And there's this, this discussion topic with so many of us, at least in my world in in Texas, in our HR state group of, are people still hybrid? Are they not hybrid? And how do we make it work? Because there's this constant issue of, are we productive? Uh, does it work for all? We talked about fair versus equitable. You can't have your fire department, your police officers working from home because their role is in the community, their vehicles, their tools are all based on the community itself and serving the community members uh, live and kind of in person every day. So I thought we'd take a deeper dive on each of these topics and kind of hit them. We might have addressed them in a little bit different order in the intro as we were talking through all the challenges with the hybrid workplace. But I thought we'd first talk really deeply about culture because culture is something I believe you have to have established already that is strong from a leadership perspective in order to make an effective hybrid workplace work for you and for your city. And what I mean by that is as leaders, we have to develop a culture here that already tracks productivity, that already holds people accountable, that already has a sense of community and connection and inclusion, um, you know, that your people come first, that you continue to develop them. And whether they're in your live environment at work or whether they're in an alternate environment, wherever that may be, home, home office, you know, wherever that is and whatever that looks like, your culture should carry through to that alternate workplace. It should just be reflective of the culture you have already existing in the workplace and extended. The challenges around that culture are how do you keep that culture alive when they're not in person? And so it's not out of sight, out of mind. You know, that's that's the big challenge here. When you and I are doing this remote, um, how, how do we stay connected? How do we know each other's personal challenges going on? How do we have a good environment and a productive environment talking about topics that are relevant. Does that make sense? It's everything yeah. plays a big well, it, part. It, it will reflect your culture. So if your culture isn't where you want it to be, then fix the culture first. That's right. You cannot really, in my opinion, you cannot move to a hybrid work environment 
unless the culture is strong, because all of it's like your foundation. When we talked about the leadership recipe, the foundation is humility. Without that, nothing else works. To me, we're at the same place in a hybrid workplace. Without a high performing culture and a high performing team, nothing else will work itself out because people can get lost, in my opinion, in a hybrid workplace because they aren't physically present. Um, But we talked about that a little bit in the intro. You have to know what they're doing on a normal workday in the office, just like you have to know what they're doing in a normal workday away from the office. Uh, And all those things will hold true. It just may may be the methods that vary a little bit. Um, And frankly, I'm a big believer that your high-performing employees will be high-performing in any environment. They're just going to be. They're just going to be high-performing. They're going to be honest. They're going to be of high integrity. They're going to produce. uh, Many of us found that we produce more away from work because you don't have the commute distracting you, uh, et cetera. But also there are more distractions you have to control at, at your alternate workplace. It could be pets. It could be kids. You have to make sure you don't change the alternate work site, site environment to include more distractions than we're already there, right? Just like at work, we don't bring pets to work here. We don't bring kids to work here. If you're in an alternate work site, to create the same level of culture and high performance, you don't want to bring them into that environment either. That doesn't mean you can't have pets and can't have kids. But if the kids are already at daycare, my opinion is you leave them at daycare even when you're home so that you can focus on work in that new work site. You don't bring them from daycare and now you're taking care of kids and work. Does that make sense? It's just, yeah, it doesn't it does, work. You have to it does, keep it logical. Does bring, it does bring up a good point though. I think there's the culture of the organization and now you've got, you know, we've got this environmental impact on culture that is the workspace where you are when you are physically in the office. And now if it's a hybrid and now for sake of argument, let's say that you're spending some time in person at the office and some time at home or wherever working remotely, those are two different, those are two different work styles. They just are. The organizational culture can be the same because it's it's bigger than you. I mean, organizational culture is not just you. It's not just me. It's us. Right. And it's all of us. But now it's, you know, it's me whether I'm in my closet or at my dining room table, or it's me if I'm in my office or at my desk at work. Now I've got two different environments to juggle. And I do, I, I, it brings up a good a good point and I think a valid challenge and that is how can we help the individual worker acclimate and accommodate to that I mean one of the big things that I hear for instance especially among high performers is the inability to not work that's right because it's more convenient yeah because we're we're there and and there's no there doesn't appear to be as much of a hard stop or a hard stop when I'm at home as opposed to, okay, I'm driving to the office. I know what time I'm driving there. I know what time I'm going to get there. I know what time I'm going to, I'm going to look at the clock and hope that it's five or whatever. And that, that all disappears. So. Yes. You have a hard start and you have a hard stop typically. Now I know many of us, you know, 
we're going to kind of do what it takes to get the job done. And few of us probably start at X time and leave at X time. But there are a few that are in very good control of that. But you're right. It's crystal clear when you're having to leave home to go there. Right. It's much more difficult. And I'm saying this from my perspective when I did do it. If I was ready 20 minutes early, I'd jump on. I didn't wait and say, you know, I'm not going to connect until seven. Yeah, right. If I was ready at 645, I jumped on and got some stuff done. Um, the meetings, you know, the productivity of meetings, and we'll talk about that in the productivity uh, show that is relevant to this, that that deep dive. But it's, it is different on the culture you know, your values, let's talk about that for a minute. The values of the, our, our values at Grand Prairie are people, service, and integrity. Those should be held whether you're at home, at work, in your office, wherever you're at, the values are still upheld. The service level should be the same. Um, we just may not be in person as much, but you have to account for what's interesting when you're talking about culture, the experience from the customer has to be the same. So if there are there, so the challenge that we have in providing a culture of service is the availability and the accessibility to our staff. And, and I'm sure that I'm just talking HR at the moment, but any city business, any city department that is serving customers, internal or external, has to be able to count if you're going to do a hybrid workplace for the same level of service and what tools or resources might you need to incorporate to make that feel the same from an experience standpoint. And, and for instance, um, where we have a lot of our business working with retirees, answering customer calls on benefits, handling class comp requests of you know surveys and studying our market on pay, that can all be done from anywhere. That's behind the scenes. We're gathering data, incorporating it into spreadsheet. But what we have to account for is what about walk-ins? What about when our when the doors are open, those that come to the counter that aren't a phone call, that aren't a scheduled meeting, we have to be able to serve them. I can't send both my ladies at the front counter home to work from home. Uh, I can't alternate their days, right, to create a culture and an experience that the customer still needs. Um, but might we need tools where they could log on to a computer to get a remote or virtual experience and put some headphones on? Um Maybe we have to have coverage at the front for the people that are in office and make sure somebody is sitting up there every day for the walk-ins. We haven't yet explored that yet because we've been able to alternate the days of the two staff. So if they, when we did work from home and one of them had to be there present for the full day, the other one could be off the full day. So, but those are things you have to think about in a culture when it's about the customer's experience. Um, not just about serving them, but truly about their experience. It has to feel and look the same so that regardless of where you're serving them from, they feel the service is there and still high. Uh, and, you know, we, we expect to go beyond the customer's expectations from a raving fans standpoint. That's our kind of definition. And uh, that's what's important is, is making that experience the same. So those things, when you're talking about culture, you have to have an open environment to talk about those things and staff who understand the why. If we are going to do hybrid, how are we going to make it work? What's your responsibility to enforcing that culture of service? Um, how do you need to be accountable to serve well, not just serve? Um, it's all about presence in the moment um, and that customer experience. 
I think one of the big things with culture, and and I would go from from top down. The organization has a culture. The department has a culture. The team has a culture, and you personally have one. Mm-hmm. So there's these four levels in my mind of of culture. That if we're going to be high performers, and that's who we're talking to, people that mm-hmm. either are or aspiring to be and trying to be and working toward it, then they all need to be congruent. Mm-hmm. My personal culture has got to be congruent with my team, my department, and my organization. And every director in every city is going to have a somewhat different or unique culture. That doesn't mean that it's not congruent with the organization's culture. Uh, ideally, the organization's got a, a really high-performing culture, but I know that everybody listening to us is not so blessed. Uh, that should not prevent you from having your own high-performing culture in your department or on your team. But now within a team, now the individuals in that team, it's got to be congruent. I've got to have the individuals on my team with a culture in their own lives professionally that's congruent with the way our team rolls. Otherwise, it's all broken. So having said that, when we get to this hybrid workplace, one of the elephants in the room for me is expectation because we're trying to figure this out. And if you think that you're going to sit down or you're going to spreadsheet or you're going to collect data and you're going to come out of the gate and you're going to have it all perfect, you're not. Mm-hmm. There's going to be so many things that are unintended consequences that are going to bite you. There are going to be so many things that you thought were a good idea, but they're going to turn out to not be a very good idea because they're going to cause more damage than you could have ever foreseen. And now I think you're you're prone to have people that are, well, but you said, or but it was a step, because I've heard that. I've heard that over the last two years. A company would come out with some edict, here's how we're going to roll, here's how we're going to do it, only to find out what I just said is true. Well, that ain't working. It ain't working the way we thought it would work. And now they're having to backtrack and they're having to do some things, and now team members are hacked because they expected that out of the gate it's going to be – I would stress to anybody who's embarking on this journey, everybody has got to be on board knowing – we are figuring this out. This mm-hmm. is a work in progress. So we reserve the right to back off of something because, I mean, the, every organization, every team has got all kinds of examples of things that everybody thought was a great idea. Everybody was on board with it. And within 36 hours, we realized, uh-oh, you know, here's something that happened, and we we didn't see that coming. And so... I think you need to manage as best you can and lead the expectation for yourself as a leader and for everybody involved that this is a moving target, at least for a period of time, uh, and it may be forever. And frankly, high-performing teams, in my experience, are teams that know it's not written in stone. It's not Nothing's written in stone. Now, I'm not talking about messing with people's pay and benefits, Mm -hmm. those etched in stone, right? But Mm -hmm. when it comes to to some of these things, uh, I've had way too many leaders express complete frustration because 
they allowed people to work remotely more, and now that they're cutting back, they're they're getting a lot of resistance and a lot of feedback. And in some cases, it's the fault of leaders because they haven't they haven't been as forthright, they haven't been as open and as candid as they probably could have been. And in other cases, the the employer employee has you know they're just expecting that I got this. And I'm always going to have this. I'm able to work five days a week from home, and I'm never going to have to go back in the office. And wait a minute. Now you're asking me to come back in the office two days a week. So I don't know in your mind if all of those things are so much a culture thing, but in my mind, you know, they are because the expectations matter. Yeah, it it is important because um, you when you're talking about culture, when you're talking about all those, those expectations, you want to avoid creation of an entitlement mentality that I am entitled to work from home because you let me work from home. Right. And, and so much of it, I believe is the explanation of the why when, when we, when we were initially doing this, even during COVID, I said, we are going to, we're going to do this, but we want to make us shine through this period. And what that means is, and I explained we need to be productive in every minute, you know, just like you would be expected to be here. You need to be present in every minute. You need to be available on camera so the customer can see you and you look and feel the same as if you were at work for this to work for all of us. And any deviation from that, we're going to have to pull back. And at any time in the future, we may have to pull it back. Um, and we did. We did have people come back to work. And some departments, I had my team actually come back to work uh, fully. And there were still other teams that weren't, but I explained the why, you know, I felt like we needed to be present. There was a lot of customer demands. Um, there were just needs at this time that I felt would be important and perspectives that I kept in mind, um, sensitivity around hybrid work workplace at that moment. So I said, let's just all come back to work. Let's get our unity reestablished. I mean, there was a lot of whys that I'm a transparent leader. I'm I'm not going to uh, blow smoke. You know, I'm going to tell you what what is and what isn't and why so that they at least understand. They don't have to agree with the perspective, but I want them to understand why I made the decisions that I made when I can communicate those. So I think it is important that we that we understand that and that you as a leader explain it and that uh, in our case, we had them sign memos around it because I said, I don't want there to be any discrepancy in the expectation and let's plan on the fact that we'll likely come back in the office in the future but right now uh in order for us to work from home here's here's the expectation model that each of us needs to live up to to continue to be a high performing team and to serve our customers well and that's what was critical so as it relates to culture what are some lessons that you've learned so far in your journey well, one of the biggest things, and we'll take a deeper dive on that, is is the culture I've established here is serving one another, not just our customers. Uh, in other words, uh, it's understanding the needs of each one of us in that moment, that the uh, support that each of us has to offer to one another on life and what we're going through in a moment, that's really important to me. So keeping connected as part of our culture was critical and supporting one another um, through work and life. Um, the second part of that is growth and development. I am a big proponent of developing and stretching my team members to get where they wanna go. 
Uh, we set expectations and I, I meet with them uh, to kind of establish what are you looking for? What do you want to do down the road? Where do you want to grow and expand knowledge? And I try to engage them in activities along the way that expose them to those things. And then we talk about it. There's discussion after the fact, um, or I'll give them activities or a group, you know, team project and say, this is, this is one component. And I always kind of establish the why I'm, I want you to be exposed to this. This is what I'm looking for uh, as a leader, uh, as an outcome. And so it helps them kind of understand this specific project is for your benefit. So those you have to continue in a hybrid workplace. You cannot just, my experience, the, the most I worked with leaders in our workspace is the challenge of, again, out of sight, out of mind. They're not there. I assume they're doing the work that needs to get done. But I challenge leaders, it is not just about the work. We can be taskmasters and just get the work done and knock it out and say 10 of my 12 tasks got done today. But what did we do to connect? What did we do to engage with one another? How did we still enjoy laughter and uh, me, me walking around the office doing check-ins three or four times a week of how's everybody doing? Do you have a good weekend? You have to continue those in a hybrid workplace, no different than if they're here, because connectivity doesn't matter the location. Right? Did, the hybrid, did the hybrid stuff, did it diminish or uh, cause any negative impact on your culture? Um, I would say it was challenging at first, but I'm not sure if that is all due to just the hybrid workplace or the unknowns of COVID generally and the impact HR had in supporting the entire organization during that time, because that was a lot of stress and unknowns that we had to work through. So, but, but it did present challenges. I can definitely, not so much that the culture was diminished, but in finding ways to continue, like I would see gaps. I would see gaps in people aren't connected anymore. I could tell they're missing one another. And so I had to figure out unique ways virtually to get the same level of connection when you're not in front of, you know, I think, I don't yeah. think anybody can argue the fact you and I have talked about this, Randy, seeing you in person just has a benefit component you cannot get anywhere else. When you're in person with somebody, the physical engagement just is different. It, yeah. Don't you agree? It it, it it is, but I would tell you that there's there was also an enormous benefit. I heard it over and over again. And very early on in the pandemic, there was an observation and, and it really came it came to light during the NFL draft, which was televised. And that year, the NFL draft, we were accustomed to seeing all these coaches in their war room, you know, like here in Dallas, we were accustomed to seeing uh, Jerry Jones and his team there at, at their facility, and they weren't. They had webcams in their house. And the one that got some of the most press was uh, Cliff Klingsbury, who was the head coach at the time for Arizona. Here's a young guy, you know, he's coach bro, he's, he's cool, he's hip, and he's got this gorgeous house that we got to see he's sitting on his sofa and he's looking at the big screen and there's cameras in there and it was following that that i had a number of of, of business owners and ceos remark that we were able to see inside people's houses for mm -hmm. the first time 
Yeah, it's personalized. Yeah, and because... Now, I will, I'll make a distinction here because I, I agree with you. You're, you're forward-facing and you're dealing with customers and whatnot. Yeah, it's tantamount to the newscaster, and you see them with their shirt and their tie and their coat on. The camera just shows them from the waist up. You know, they got gym shorts and sneakers <laughs> on, but nobody sees that, right? That's right. <laughs> and so there's that, el- there's that element of the whole right. hybrid thing. But then there's what if you get your team together and in getting your team together, there is a little kid. You know, we all remember, you know, that that dad who the little kid is the little kid is behind him. And right. He's got to, he's trying to keep it together. You know, well, the kid is just creating havoc in the background and we all got a chuckle out of it, you know, or the cat that walks in front of the screen and stuff when it's just our team together. I had so many people remark that that made a huge impact in their culture that was for the better, better than it was otherwise, because they, yes. were, you know, we're kind of able to see each other in our natural habitat. Um, well, you definitely, I, I did, I agree with that because we've talked about it before, but one thing, you know, as I was trying to figure out how to keep this culture of connectivity and my team had been asking for, for more team stuff generally in our culture, then I had to try to figure out how to do that successfully remote. Because we were at the time we were all remote. We eventually went to a hybrid where mm-hmm. we had a few in the office at a time. But our our thoughtful Thursday became that. Uh, and it was exactly what you said. You know, it didn't it didn't take a lot of effort. It was like, what was your favorite vacation? If you haven't been on vacation, where would you want to go? You know, so that they right. could speak to it either way. And it's amazing. Or what's your favorite pet? And they would bring their pet into the screen and you're getting a glimpse of something outside of work because it's not just showing the pet. And make them turn off. There's always a story. Yeah. And make them turn off that virtual background and stuff. (laughs) I mean, for instance, okay, full disclosure, I'm not going to do it. You better pay attention, folks. See if I can make it happen. I can't make it happen. Shoot. Okay. So I've got a white screen behind me. I'm in a walk-in closet. I mean, just perspective is of, everything. Yeah, but it's that, but it's that kind of stuff here. Oh, really? But it's yeah. I'll there really, you go. See, really, the, <laughs> and there's his shirt. Yeah, there's my shirts, my suits, which I don't ever wear anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, but it yeah, it, but it does give you a glimpse. Us, it's the stuff that makes us. It's we connect with each other because sure. of this kind of stuff. You know. By the way, I've got shorts on too. <laughs> Don't stand up, Randy. Don't stand up. I'm not. <laughs> he's trying. For those that aren't watching, he's trying to now get his screen back up so it's a true white screen. Well, again. I've complete. I've completely messed up. Look, I got shoe boxes on top of my screen <laughs> and bathroom but tissue. You yeah. will not run out of toilet paper, which we also learned in the pandemic. Oh, I do have that up there too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is life in an apartment in a big city. So. There you go. Yeah, but well, it's I think that kind of stuff. That's the humanity stuff, and there's that's a big part of culture. Yeah, it's just, and it it is we're kind of dumping a little bit of this into the connectivity part of us being connected to each other, but. But culture isn't culture, all of that. Culture is going to be a little bit of all of the stuff we're going to talk about, which is why we wanted to talk about it first. That's right. You have to know your people. You have to know their needs. You have to know what the city expects in a culture when you're here and Mm. carry that forward remotely uh, and just make sure that works. And then finally, 
as we talk about what's fair and equitable, you have to also realize not every job can reasonably work from home. It just cannot happen. So there, there is going to be that discussion if you haven't already had it at your city uh, or your workplace. If you're not in a city government, I know we've got lots of consultants and others now kind of listening to our podcast because it's leadership generally. But when you look at a hybrid workplace, there just are things you can do and there are things you cannot do. And that is reasonable. And we just need to define them. Then you have to be able to communicate it so it makes sense to the person that cannot work from home. And in your workplace, you'll have to figure out what that looks like. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's exploring what are the differences? Should we be doing something different for those that are that have to work at the workplace? But there's every job is different. Every job has different expectation. Every job has different tools and resources needed. The audiences are different. The customers are different. There are just differences, plain and simple. And so you have to account for those. And in order for us to compete and keep workers, we are going to have to start looking at ways to find the best workers. And some of that may be not local. I mean, I would not be surprised in 10 years if many of our departments are remote workers at the rate it's going now, um, because so many accounting firms, so many uh payroll departments, they're all remote. I mean, these global corporations, like you said, you've worked globally with people in your business and it's all remote and you have never met them in person, but it's still no, effective it's been, and highly it's been, functional. Yeah, and it's been that way for, it's been that way for more than a dozen years for me. Yeah. So, It'll yeah, be we, interesting to see because city government, we, we are a little bit behind in that, but we've also got, you know, we have to be considerate. We have taxpayer dollars paying our salaries. There is, a, there is something to being present where they can see, do you know what I mean? They, we yeah. do have the differences here versus private sector. So yeah, I think sure. that's well, also and that, a component. And the eligibility, you know, when once we get to that, that, you know, we'll, we can address that. So what are we going to, let's tease for next time. So what are we going to dive into next show? Yeah, so we've got culture we established here. We made that clear of what that looks like. It needs to be carried through into whatever you do from a hybrid standpoint. Our next topic of discussion will be the eligibility, just like we were leading into who should and who shouldn't or who can and who cannot work remotely and what creates eligibility around that. That will be our next show. And then ultimately we'll follow up with the connectivity piece that we've talked a little bit about here and the productivity piece that we'll all have to monitor as we move forward into these hybrid workplace discussions. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.